You're not always going to see things the same way. However, how you manage that conflict is very important. That's essential. You can still have a conflict and do it in a respectful way. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I discuss what does it mean to have an excellent or thriving marriage and how do you get one? Stay tuned. The whole mission of Hitched is to help couples enjoy their marriage and live happily ever after. That's one of the reasons we have the Hitched Wine Club. We wanted to offer something that would be a reminder every month for couples to sit down, reconnect, and enjoy the company of one another. We have partnered with the fantastic Touring and Tasting who hand select the wines that will be delivered to your door each month. You can go to our website, hitchedmag.com, click on the Wine Club link, and check out the different club options available to you. Again, visit hitchmag.com and click the Wine Club link. Cheers. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the talented, the brilliant, the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this and more information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Today, we are going to talk about what does excellence in a marriage look like? Uh, I've just been thinking about this a lot. I I, I bump into people all the time who ask me, you know, they find the, you know, they ask me what I do and I tell them and then they ask, oh, so what's, what's your marriage advice and this and that. And, and the more I think about this stuff, the more I go down back to like the, the very, very basics and just how we talk in a lot of platitudes, but we don't really think about a lot of them. And so I thought maybe this would be an opportunity to think about some of them. And so, you know, when we talk about living happily ever after or people having a good marriage, what does that really mean? And how can we define that? So, Karen, my first question for you is, what does a good marriage mean to you? Well, if we're going to go back down to basics, I think the basic pillar is having respect for each other. Um, And that basically means that you're not judging each other, you value each other's opinions, um, you're not putting each other down, you're certainly not doing anything abusive to one another, not only physically, but um, emotionally or verbally. And uh, there's trust in the relationship. You know, those are your basic pillars of a good, solid relationship, a good, solid marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, w- when you're saying all those things, um, and, and I agree with everything that you just mentioned, you could also apply a lot of what you just described to somebody who you're not married to. Um, right. And and when I think of um, a good marriage, I you know, like I just mentioned, absolutely those things have to be present. And I think a lot of times people uh, will equate not fighting. Uh, as having a good marriage. And so I wanted to ask, is the absence of fighting the same thing as having a good marriage? 
Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, when couples come into me and they say we never fight, that really um, is like a red flag to me because for many couples, if they're not fighting, it's because they don't feel comfortable enough with each other um, to have a conflict. Now, understand that having a conflict um, does not necessarily mean that you're having a brawl. You know, Mm -hmm. people don't understand necessarily what fighting is. So basically having a conflict is a very normal thing for two people because you are two people. You're going to have different views or different perceptions of things. You're not always going to see things the same way. However, how you manage that conflict is very important. That's essential. You can still have a conflict and do it in a respectful way where you're hearing one another out. You're understanding each other. As a matter of fact, um, I used to give a course um, and talk about the fact that a conflict could actually bring you closer to one another because if you were truly listening to the other person and doing it in a non-judgmental way, you could find out a lot about your partner and um, you would be able to actually connect more through the conflict because you would be learning about who they are and what's important to them and what matters to them. But when a couple is not fighting, very often it's because they don't feel comfortable enough with each other. They're afraid that if they say something that upsets the other person or if they express their opinion, they're not going to uh, be seen in a positive light. Many couples will avoid a conflict because it feels so uncomfortable. And so lack of fighting does not in any way, to me, signify that you have a good marriage. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, as I started you know, saying, I sometimes will take it as something's wrong with the marriage if you're not having any conflicts. Got it. Does So that makes sense, but I... So I want to challenge us just a smidge. Okay. Does the lack of conflict dissipate as you are in a relationship longer? So if, for example, in year two, we had a a conflict, let's say, Mm -hmm. about topic A, Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it would make sense to have that same conflict two years later about topic A again, because you've already discussed it. And if you were listening, like you were just talking about, it gives you an opportunity Mm -hmm. to learn about them. Well, Mm -hmm. hopefully... Two years ago, you learned about it, so you don't have to have that conflict again. And so as time goes on, uh, I would presume that you would learn about your spouse more and therefore have a better understanding of them and therefore have fewer conflicts as time went on. Well, in a perfect world, that sounds great. (laughs) Um, I don't know that that always happens where people really are truly listening to each other and processing it and remembering it. And let's not forget that each person brings to the table their own issues, their own concerns, their own stressors from the day, the week, from outside situations. So all of that is going to get in the way as well. And then, you know, if the couple happens to have children, um, that can add a stressor. So, you know, it's possible that even though you've been listening well, Mm -hmm. that there are other factors that are going to get in the way and you're going to end up still having the same, you know, issue come up. Mm -hmm. Or the same issue could come up 
um, and be dressed, so to speak, in what looks like a different situation. Um, I think what's more important is that you learn how to manage the conflict when it comes up. Not if it comes up, but when it comes up. Gotcha. Okay. And so let's say that you um, do have conflicts, but you don't have those like out-of-control fights that Mm -hmm. would be associated with a a bad or negative uh, marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And I think you made the point very well that um, having disagreements within a marriage is a healthy thing because that offers and provides the opportunity to learn mm-hmm. about the spouse, uh, mm-hmm. your spouse. So um, let's say that's your situation. You have these healthy disagreements um, mm-hmm. and you and you think you're having a pretty good marriage, like you're, you're putzing along pretty well. What do you recommend f- uh, for someone to get more out of their marriage or to help their marriage thrive, like really thrive? Well, I think that to me, there's two things that come to mind immediately. One is to make sure that you're spending quality time with each other, because very often, as we've discussed many times, there are just so many things that can get in the way. Um, And it's not that people do that purposely, but life happens. Um, children, jobs, elderly parents, you know, etc. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that you're spending quality time with each other. And the other thing that I would say is that you add novelty to your relationship um, because boredom, as we've also spoken about in previous podcasts, can kill a relationship. So maybe you don't have a tumultuous relationship and maybe you, you know, um, do manage your conflicts fairly well. In order for it to really thrive, um, you know, think about a plant. Um, you want to give it sunlight. You want to give it water. Um, it's, it's not okay for it to just be sitting there. Mm-hmm. You want to do things that are really going to allow it to look healthy and to really flourish. So in order to do that, you have to pay attention to the plant and you have to give it nutrients that are going to make it do well. Mm-hmm. So it's so it's it's one thing to survive. It's another thing to actually like blossom and, and, and really grow is what we're talking about. Um, and so with that, do you think um, this process of, of like truly blossoming and really growing is something that is long-term, uh, long-term sustainable? Absolutely. Absolutely. With the caveat that you realize that there are going to be periods where probably things aren't going to be so great. Mm-hmm. And if that happens... It doesn't mean anything's wrong. It doesn't mean that you bail. It means that you accept the concept, just like the stock market, that there are periods where things may be a little bit difficult and you either flow with it or if it continues, that you address it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think absolutely that relationships can be sustained for a long period of time. I yeah, I I really love that stock market analogy because I do think that's very appropriate. You you know, you might have a crash. You might have your down slumps. Mm-hmm. But if you invest at a young age 
<laughs> and keep it in there. You're not trying to withdraw your money immediately. You're not right. trying to get with, get rich quick scheme. But if you <laughs> hold on to that and keep it in the market for 40 years, you know it's going to go from 6,000 points to 25,000 points by the time you retire, and you're going to be rich. And in this case, you're going to be rich with happiness and a lifetime of like positive memories and stuff, even though there were those dips that took place that like maybe had shook you a little bit, but yes, you believed in the process. You believed in the relationship and you stuck with it. So I, uh, that's a, that's a great metaphor. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, how can you make this a priority then if you, if you feel this way and you're listening to this and you're nodding like, yeah, this sounds really good. And mm-hmm. you want to make this a priority. <clears throat> you really want your relationship to, to, to blossom as we've been talking about. Um, and, and that's your goal, but your, your spouse, they're really perfectly content with just like how things are going. And when you mm-hmm. approach them with anything, it sounds like work to them and they don't want to do that. They are like, look, we're happy. We're fine. Like, why do we need to do all this other stuff? Um, how, how do you approach your spouse that you, you really want to s- try to squeeze more out of this thing that you both agree actually is, is pretty good. That's a tough one. You know, because you can't make somebody do something. Um, I think that I would start out with, you know, sitting down and chatting and saying, you know, things are are good with us. I'm not going to deny that they're not good. But as I think about our future, I would love for them to be even better. And I'm not suggesting that we've got to, you know, move mountains. But I think there are little ways that we could make it better. And, you know, I'm wondering if you'd be willing to try it with me. And if the spouse is like, well, you know, it's good enough. What's, you know, what do we have to do? Everything's fine. You say, well, you know, for me, it's really important. And, Mm. you know, I think that if something were really, really important to you and you asked me to join with you, I would try it. And I, I would sort of like you to be open to it you know, because I'm bringing it to you. You know, just like we've discussed previously, um, if one person feels in the relationship that there is a problem, it really is a problem for the couple. Mm -hmm. So maybe with that pep talk, the spouse will say, okay, you know, I'll give it a try. But let's say they're still resistant. Then what I would go ahead and do is I would start to do little small things. Because as you know, from previous discussions with me, I very much believe in action reaction. So I think that if you start to do little small things, the person's going to feel good. The other person's going to feel good. And it's highly unlikely that they're not going to want to reciprocate or um, feel better about whatever it is that you're bringing to them. And then you could say, you know, did you enjoy this? Did you like this? Um, and, you know, maybe um, I'm trying to think of an example. Maybe that they uh, plan a surprise evening out mm-hmm. and um, the other person, you know, enjoys it. And you say, so did you have a good time tonight? Yeah, I did. Okay, sweetie, that's that's the kind of thing I was talking about. We mm-hmm. did something different. And I. It wasn't a lot of effort. We just had a good time. Yeah. Oh, okay, fine. You know, so 
that's the kind of stuff I was talking about. So could we try something like that again in a couple of weeks, you know, and get them on board that way. Mm -hmm. And then as those things start to occur and are positive, then maybe they're more likely to say, okay, you know, it's, it's not seeing it as work, which you often say <laughs> you don't want to see uh-huh. it presented as work because then that's a four-letter word and nobody wants to do it. Yeah. No, I, that is, that, I love that advice. And I think y- the way that you presented it was like hitting the nail on the head there. Um, I keep trying to dance around how we can help couples realize that work and uh, I almost caught myself how um, <laughs> putting the effort towards your relationship can and should be fun. Um, and the rewards are exponential. We know that much. Mm-hmm. And th- like they are your partner in this. And presumably you wanted to marry them because you enjoyed being with them. Mm-hmm. And if you know, I, I suppose if if you're finding that you're avoiding them for some reason, but the, we're not even talking about that in this situation because we're talking about you know good, happy couples just going that above and beyond, and that's the thing is like I don't want it to be thought of as above and beyond. I just want it to be thought of as the norm, but just requires top of mind. Like oh yeah, we can go out and do something different this weekend because you know we have the time, or you know we got a babysitter, or you know, this new restaurant opened up and, you know, or, you know, this new type of cuisine or a movie came out or, and I know you, how you feel about movies, got to have good conversations after or before sitting in a dark theater, not talking is not a good date, but, um, but it's, it's changing the environment and it's doing something that gives you something to talk about that novelty that I think we spoke about in the last episode. Um, right. so, uh, yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And I think too, the positive reinforcement that you mentioned, giving your spouse, um, just showing them what, what it is that you're trying to get out of the relationship and the fact that they had a positive experience with that just seems mm-hmm. like it'd just be so easy for them to get on board. Like, I can't imagine a scenario where somebody was like, yeah, did you have a great time? Yeah, I love that. Uh, want to do it again? No. Like that would not make sense. So, um. all right, here's something really simple. Okay. I mean, let's presume in most cases, it's going to be the guy that's like, I don't want to do any more work. Okay. So if, if the guy's taking a shower and the woman gets in to the shower, Mm -hmm. is a guy going to object to that? Yeah, exactly. Most likely not. Or if she offers to have sex with him, you know, is he going to turn it down? And then she says, so that wasn't so bad, huh, honey? That's what I was talking about. You know, let's spend, you know, more time together, whether it be this way or going to a movie or out to dinner or something. So, again, it doesn't have to feel like it's work. The message is I want to spend more time with you. I want to, you know, enjoy each other more, things like that. So that's that's another great example. So just – if we're talking about like a, a putting together a game plan, would would one of the mindsets that you could just have is let's just try to be more spontaneous? Like that is the game plan Absolutely. to like improve that this. Let's, be, let's yeah, just perfect. be more spontaneous, and so we don't yeah. have to like think about it all the time. But if something strikes us as something that we could do and be exciting or fun or whatever, let's just do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, do you do you have any? Th- I we I've wrapped up all my questions. So do you have anything else that you wanted to add to this conversation? Well, I think to me the most important thing again is realizing that. At times, things are going to go off track. Now, generally, a woman has a better pulse on a relationship than a man does. So, you know, if you start to see things going off track, it's it's easy enough to bring it back on track, but the sooner the better. Obviously, you know, it's like a medical condition. The longer you let it go without taking care of it, the you know the more antibiotics you have to take or the longer you have to be on the antibiotics so you know if you just try to stay aware of it and try to nip things in the bud then it's it's an easier thing to do um but again not to feel like you know oh my god this is is really terrible many we have research that indicates that even when couples have a not great marriage or a bad marriage for five years, they still can revive their marriage. And, you know, as long as they stick with it, it doesn't mean that their marriage has to end. And the other piece, which again is research-based, is the more that you can um, provide positive stuff to one another, and generally it's either five to one or in some research, 20 to one, um, that will help um, resist a periodic negative comment. Mm. But negativity um, is is very, very harsh and really um, has a profound effect. So you can make five positive statements and then the one negative is going to erase it. But it's like a bank account. The more that you can put in it, it won't feel so bad if you make a withdrawal. Mm-hmm. So the more that you can be positive with your mate, um, whether it is in what you say and what you do, in time that you spend together, the more you're building up your credit and um, that will help to move the relationship forward as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, again, this what, what you just mentioned goes right back to that um, stock market metaphor that you mentioned of people having a bad marriage for many years and they're still able to revive them. Uh, you know, in the stock market, you'll hear people talk about like a, the lost decade or something. But again, if you look at the long term trend, and that's the beauty of a marriage and a, a very committed relationship like these, um, is that it, you can come out the other side better. Absolutely. So, so that's fantastic. Absolutely. Well, that will do it for us. So thank you so much, Karen. This was, uh, this was, this was really great. Good. Good. <laughs> uh, before we go, I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness in the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life, the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. Uh, you can get more information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Uh, you can find her books on, uh, you know, the big major online retailers. Uh, we also have links on our website, hitchmag.com. Um, I want to recommend, if you haven't done so already, to sign up for our newsletter. It is free. It goes out just once a week, so we don't spam you all the time. Uh, and it gives you the latest information that we put out for the week, including um, the most recent podcast episode. And a little note from me as well. 
Um, and so with that, uh, that is going to do it for us this week. And so until next time, take care, everybody. 